Hello, you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Ellen Buchan, Insights and Communications Executive at AMBA and BGA. This week, I'm talking to Dr. Simon Hayward, who recently released the second edition of his book, The Agile Leader. Simon tells me about some of the key themes of the book and also gives some very practical advice on the steps you can take to increase your own and your team's agility. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself and your career, please? Sure. Uh, so I went to Alliance Manchester Business School to do my MBA in the 80s after an English degree at Oxford. I thought I'd better get some uh, something more, uh, more useful from a career point of view. So I did a, a, what was a two-year MBA back in the 80s and then moved into marketing uh, and general management roles for a few years in telecoms and IT and then moved into consultancy in the early 90s, worked for a big London firm and then set up a leadership consultancy business called Academy in 93, sold that in 2008 to Oliver Wyman. Um, and then after a couple of years there, uh, left and set up Cirrus uh, in, at the end of 2010 and sold that company to uh, Accenture uh, on the 1st of March this year, 2021. So, uh, yeah, so um, com- built a couple of companies and have also did my doctorate at Alliance Manchester Business School uh, in the 2010-2015 period, uh, focusing on leadership in the in the digital age, uh, which has led to the book. It's a book that we're here to speak about today. Um, so you recently released the second edition of The Agile Leader. Could you tell me a little bit more about this book and some of the key themes? Yes. Uh, so doing, I've been doing a lot of research over the last 10-12 years uh, into what types of leadership are going to be most relevant uh, to organizations in the digital age, uh, in the age where customer experience is, is, is so important, the level of disruption in industries and economies is so rampant, especially over the course of the last uh, uh, year or so. Um, and the agile leader is really a an interpretation of the leadership attributes that are going to be most important uh, to help leaders create their type of enterprise where agile ways of working and customer responsiveness can be really strong, can flourish and can lead to um, better business performance. So I look at the barriers and how to overcome those barriers to agile working. And I look at the attributes of agile leaders and how to develop them and embed them across the organization. Why have you chosen now to go back to update the book for a second edition? Well, two reasons, really. The first reason is that uh, the world, well, I've done a lot more research with Alliance Manchester Business School since the first edition was published in 2018. And we're doing a big longitudinal study at the moment into agile teams, for example, and and what leadership attributes help make them successful. And and that's all all now reflected in the second edition. And then also the pandemic uh, has really changed the world of work and accelerated digitization and more flexible working on a massive scale. Um, so I've sought to uh, do, we did some research into that in the business school and we've sought to I've sought to in, in reflect that in 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 the book because it was written af- well after the pandemic started and it is picks up some of the key themes of of accelerating digitization that are so relevant uh, today. I thought a good place to start when talking about the book was to ask you, what being an agile leader meant to you and if you had an example of successful agile leadership 
Well, actually, since I, since we joined Accenture, um, uh, my new boss is quite an impressive individual, quite inspiring. And she actually embodies a lot of the characteristics of agile leadership, which uh, my research has identified as, as being important. So, so Christy Smith she used to be the vice president for diversity and inclusion at Apple, and she joined Accenture last year. And so she runs what we call Talented Organization, which is the, all the people-related elements of Accenture. And she is somebody who uh, creates a high level of psychological safety. She encourages a lot of experimentation. She's very supportive of people challenging ideas and being relatively disruptive to the way uh, they think and uh, avoiding groupthink. Uh, she's very focused on the customer. She is very supportive of really radical prioritization and making sure that we only focus on the mo things that matter most. Um, she's constantly supporting people being developing their careers and developing performance. She's very collaborative and she is very comfortable to, to devolve decisions to the people who have responsibility for that particular area. Um, so yes, she, she's a quite a good role model actually. Sounds like a great boss. So you've written for our kind of online blog, Ambition, about the agile leadership paradox. Can you explain to our listeners a little bit more about what this means? Yes, absolutely. So a lot of paradox management and holding two competing ideas in one's head at the same time, I think, is, is the mark of, a, of an agile leader in many respects. And the paradox that uh, that is particularly relevant, I think, in an agile context is both enabling the organization to collaborate and to work in a joined up way, enabling teams to work well together, um, supporting people to be um, experimental and to take risks. All of that is enabling people to be at their best and is creating a coherent, connected structure and environment for people to work in. The other side of the paradox is the disruptor, who is actually at the same time as all of that is happening, see, is looking outside and looking at the way technology and customer uh, uh, patterns are changing and looking to disrupt the very order that the enabler is trying to create. So looking for disruptive cut through, looking for market changes, looking for a major way, uh, major transitions that technology enables in terms of customer value delivery. And so this enabler disruptor paradox is, is critical for, for the agile leader to hold all the time in their head uh, because the danger is that the enabler uh, be, can become gradually more detached from the changing world outside. The disruptor, uh, if, if, if not balanced, can, can create quite a stressful environment. So the two in combination are, are very powerful. What are some of the biggest barriers to organizations, teams, and leaders being agile? And how can they overcome these barriers? Well, yes, I and others have done a lot of research into this because there are particularly large legacy organizations are finding it really challenging to move to being fundamentally agile because of bureaucracy and because of the hierarchy. So there are multiple barriers, but the first one is around culture and a risk-averse culture. A lot of organizations have quite a strong, um, have a built ability to manage risk in a, in a way that's quite controlling and quite restricting. Um, and 
And we see in, in organizations, whether they're in finance or in pharmaceutical or wherever, sometimes people hide behind the regulator and the rules as a, as a reason not to change and not to become more agile. So that sort of culture of experimentation and risk and um, uh, and of learning from those mistakes that that that's inevitably inevitably happen is is it needs to needs to be uh, to come in more. Um, related to that are a lack of clarity around roles. Uh, ag- agility requires people to be able to move quite quickly and easily um, without uh, a rigid structure, and so clarity of roles is becomes really important to enable that. Uh, this, this typically silos are really unhelpful. Um, so if you've got a siloed organization with um, strong uh, it's strong divisions in the organization where people identify with their own particular area, that really breaks down the ability to uh, work on an end-to-end process and accelerate that process and get value to customers out more quickly. And then that, if that links to the other key barrier, which is a lot of organizations don't really have the customer at the heart. They don't think customer. Um, so first so they so there's quite an internal focus um and the whole principle of agile is to be customer focused so flipping the energy and the focus onto working with customers finding out what works for them um and and delivering that quickly um and so so removing those barriers removing bureaucracy simplifying the organization um it's all helpful to enable uh, agile ways of working to flourish and so you recently contributed to the article in Ambition, which identified six key factors of team agility. Can you tell me what these factors are and maybe like a little bit about each of them? So, yeah, the, this is from research that we did with, with, we are still doing actually, but we started a while ago with Alliance Manchester Business School. So we have a joint research project going on uh, where we look, we, we, we've looked at um, team agility in, in a variety of large organizations, in telecoms, uh, in, in banking, in high tech, uh, and in and consumer goods, and done this research that says, well, what are the key attributes of an agile team and what factors enable or, or, or inhibit the team's performance? And the, and the, and the, and the key, these key um, uh, agility indicators are uh, having a multi-skilled team, so working with a team where there's a, a a complementary set of skills able to achieve a task. So it's 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 breaking down some of the skill silos and putting teams together that can work. You know, for example, like a category team might have um, marketing people, product people, R&D people all working together. The second one is around iterative planning. So planning isn't done once for long term. It's done regularly, repeatedly. There's a constant cycle of review and replanning to make sure that you're always adjusting to be closest to customer needs and customer value. Having the third is around customer involvement, having customers involved in and in helping define what the, the what product like features or or service features and innovations should be coming next. And then getting their feedback uh, very early on when those products and services are being developed. Um, a high level of team autonomy. So we talk about self-managing teams, which is easy to say, but extremely difficult to implement when you've got a highly bureaucratic hierarchical structure. So breaking up that structure and giving teams autonomy to operate, you know, given the brief, given their mission, and given the guardrails of things that are you know, that, 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 that are not negotiable, like the values and the purpose and the strategic priorities, and allowing them to crack on and work out for themselves how they deliver on their objectives, how they create customer value, 
um, is is really important. And then coaching that, enabling people to really think radically and uh, with ambition is is really important. So that team or team autonomy is a real challenge for traditional organisations. That, that that leads to the fifth attribute, which is about speed and the ability to work at pace. Uh, so this this rapid periodicity, this we talk about sprint working where there's a you know, work for a two weeks or four weeks review how you've done re- reset work for the next four weeks and then review and reset and, and get customer feedback at each point um, that drives more speed of output and then the final one which i think is one a real challenge for a lot of our clients is prioritization and i talk about ruthless prioritization um, and it's about focusing on the few things that matter most right now and getting those done. And we tend to get cluttered up with all sorts of other initiatives and other activities that really are not contributing to the core objectives of the team. And it's it's really difficult to stop doing those things that are peripheral, uh, but it's essential if you're going to accelerate output on the key on the key on, on the key objectives. So yeah, being ruthless, prioritizing and sticking to it. And then revisiting that uh, regularly to make sure that the priorities you are focused on are still the most important. Um, but and then negotiating carefully with those people whose whose projects and initiatives you're not working on, um, so that they understand that. So you're clear to to have a run at a good run at the at the, at the priority tasks. So those are the six factors that have there's a really strong research base to these now emerging from our work to say these these are all critical elements to agile teams. And when those are in place, they tend to lead to work, better work engagement, better individual performance, and better team performance. Uh, so, so that's important. And then the context within which they those attributes work best is when you've got uh, leadership, leadership who is very empowering and supportive, where there's good relationships with the leadership to, to, to where, where there's a level of trust and, and, and confidence where there's a lot of cooperation between teams, uh, where there's low levels of interpersonal conflict, and where the culture of the organization is fair, it's just, it's transparent, and, and it's all about supporting those team to, teams to be successful. How does that work when teams are working from home? Do you think home working impacts a team's agility? Well, it's, no, it's a really good question. And um, we studied, studied this because the, um, with, the, with the research we're doing with the business school, so our first survey went out to these large organizations in February last year, 2020. And then the second stage of the research went out in um, August and September 2020. And then the third stage we've just finished in March 2021. And, and so the first two stages were before and after the initial impact of the pandemic uh, in that sort of March, April, t- May timeframe. And what we found was that yeah, the teams that were more agile and had more agile practices, such as daily stand-ups, this regular sprint routine, retrospectives to work out how do we go faster in the next sprint, good communications around who's working on what and how do those fit to the overall projects, this role clarity. When those te- those teams tended to maintain their performance and their output during that period of disruption, when everybody who was able to shifted to working from home, um, and and that which suggests that those those the rhythm and routine that agile team working brings actually helps productivity when you've got people in working in a dispersed way when you've got dis, you've got people um, working from home still but we're actually gradually moving back to a more hybrid way of working with some people in the office some people at home then it becomes even more important to have regular routines and a cadence of 
of reflection of improvements and of customer uh, review that allows that 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 keeps the team working in an effective way in a in, where the communication is is regular where it's not weighted towards those who are co-located in, in an office. I was wondering how leaders can push their teams to become more collaborative, especially when working from home. I think, as you say, working from home is a key factor here. And and a lot, a lot of research, including our own, but also other people's research during the pandemic suggested that productivity, you could maintain productivity, but the social connections um, suffered. Um, and and that over time tends to lead to decreasing engagement and and so that the collaboration is essentially a social process of influence and being influenced of understanding and working out an optimal result or an optimal way to get to a result um, which is in the best interests of the organization rather than any particular team so it requires the social interaction and the relational quality that the pandemic has, as in some respects, undermined. So, so as a leader, the our, our, our guidance is to invest more and more time in the social cohesion, the communication, the regular dialogue, the personal check-ins uh, with the team and between the team members, so that they, so that 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 sent that trust and that confidence in each other and that mutual understanding and respect are all maintained. Uh, so that then leads to and encourages a level of collaboration, which is which is really about shared success rather than individual success. So uh, yeah, it, so and, and collaboration is is collaboration is actually quite an expensive methodology uh, for work because it takes more time for people to collaborate than simply doing their own work. But actually, so we, we always say focus collaboration where it has most value. Uh, so where it is of where where the combined activities of groups of people, uh, such as uh, working on an end-to-end process, for example, or on a um, new product release, make sure that you focus collaboration time on the things where collaboration is going to be particularly useful and relevant, because it's highly productive, when it, um, but it does take a bit more time to set up. I'd like to round off the podcast by asking for some like very practical advice. So, what would you say are some easy steps leaders can take away from the podcast that they can instantly become more agile? <laughs> um, well, prioritization is one. So um, make a long list of all the things that you're working on and identify those that are most critical to customer value and the achievement of the broader enterprise or organizational success prioritize those and then work out everything else that's left what can you stop what can you pause what can you delegate what can you what can you can somebody else pick up and remove those items from your to-do list whether temporarily or permanently so you can focus your time and effort on those things that are most valuable and do that also with the team so do exactly the same exercise with the team so the team strips away a lot of peripheral activity and focuses on the core objectives and then the other thing that's probably most important in an agile context is is creating a sense of safety for the team where people they can challenge without any repercussions they can they can make mistakes without punishment or blame where it's okay to challenge the boss where it's okay to question why are we doing something um create that safety by encouraging people to speak out encouraging people to challenge you and uh challenge each other uh, create that sense of safety and trust, which where people have the confidence to take risks and experiment and learn, and that mistakes are seen as a source of learning 
rather than a source of blame. So those are perhaps the two things I'd start with. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with you. Great, thank you very much. Uh, really glad to contribute. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you so much to Simon for being on the podcast. If you'd like to read the articles that he wrote for Ambition, go to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and make sure to subscribe to the Ambition podcast.